0: Good morning. Praise the so Lord. You may be seated. It's good to be back. Uh for those that don't know, uh I've been sick actually. <laughs> sick for very long. Actually, my whole family has been sick. You know the feeling where you know you you're getting ready to send them to school, and then the the night where you test suddenly they got fever, that kind of feeling. It's like ha ah, yeah. Still have to stay at home, still have to go and see a doctor. Um, I was sick, I think, last Thursday onwards. Uh, last, last Thursday. So I missed uh, that Sunday service last week. But I, I, I was watching online. I know Charles preached such a great work. Um, but I really felt like, you know, the church uh, prayed and care for me, especially when I'm preaching, you know. A lot of people say, hey, you okay, or no? you okay, you no? you coming this Sunday, you know. <laughs> I choose to believe that they care. I choose to believe that this church is a caring church. <laughs> but you know, I think it's God knows when and how to heal you. Uh. There's uh, sometimes no escaping. Uh. If Jonah is being fetched into the island, from the island uh, by a whale, uh, how much more uh, I cannot escape? Uh. So uh, I'm here today, <laughs> not through a whale, uh, but for from his will, his will, W-I-L-L. Praise the Lord. Um, Last week, we actually talked about um, prayer. Sorry, we we talked about how God is uh, still the God that speaks. We spoke about that. We wanted to start a series that uh, God is the always God. Um, So today, I'm going to talk about the other side of it. We saw that, uh, you know, through Brother Charles, God speaks. God still speaks, whether is it uh, 2,000 years ago or today or in the future. God still speaks in our lives. But there is also a part of God that we want to talk about is that God still hears. Everybody say God hears. God God still hears today. And today we want to know and we want to find out how to allow God to hear our prayers. You see, there is a two-way. While we say that God speaks to us, there is also a part where God wants to listen to our prayers. God wants to listen to what we want to say and what we want to pray. And today, the title of my message is I'm Calling Always Hearing. Everybody say, always hearing. always hearing. Shall we just pray? Jesus, we pray, O God, Lord. Today, O God, Lord, we have heard your word last week, O God, Lord, that you still speak, O God. But Lord, today, O God, Lord, we want to talk about, Lord, that you still hear as well, O God. Lord, I pray, O oh God, give us eyes to see, O oh God. Give us ears to hear what you want to say, O oh God, Lord, in this place, O oh God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, anoint your word, O oh God. Anoint me, O oh God, as I deliver your word, O oh God. But more importantly, O oh God, Lord, anoint, O oh God, Lord, our ears, O oh God, Lord, to hear and to do, O oh God, Lord, what you want us to do in this, O oh God, Lord, end time, O oh God. Jesus, we pray and we give this time into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today, I want to let you know that God still calls people to pray. God still wants to hear our prayers. And it is like an invitation. Uh, you know, sometimes when you receive an invitation, right? You receive, uh, for example, a wedding invitation. Sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're sad. I don't know, maybe you need to bow the hong very big or whatever. But you receive invitation every day, uh, every day. Every every single uh, moment, sometimes in your life. In fact, uh, sometimes we are invited to, like for example, a birthday party as well. If you have children, or even some of us are invited to a soccer uh, session later. You know, some of you are going to a soccer session. We are invited to things that are happening in our lives every day. Receiving an invitation means actually that you have been thought of, and I believe that the invitation to pray. Is actually one of the greatest invitation that the Scripture has given to God to His children. Today, if we think about the invitation of, say, for example, if one day, uh, just imagine with me, you are still young, lah, okay, twenty plus years old. Uh, somebody invited you to be your best, uh, the the weddings' uh, best man or uh, bridegroom. I mean, such an honor, right, for you to be receiving this invitation, not just to witness the wedding, but to be a big part of it. Imagine that you receive this kind of invitation versus how God always and every day tries to invite us to prayer. Invite us because He wants to hear us. You see, it's amazing that the God of the universe invites us today to commune with Him, to know Him, to communicate with Him, to grow in our relationship with Him. If we think that it is such a big honour for us to receive that invitation to go to become a best man or become a bridesmaid, how much more Retreat the invitation that God wants us to pray, God wants us to commute with Him. You see, God could have chosen anyone else, but He wants to commute with us. And that's the whole reason why in the Old Testament, there was a tabernacle in the first place. The tabernacle was built because God wants to hear our prayers. God wants us to commune with Him. God wants us to communicate with Him. God wants us to have that closeness with Him. In fact, when you go to the New Testament, it's even better. There's no longer a tabernacle or no longer a physical place. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Within us, as close as possible. See, if some of us are new here. If you're here for the first time, if you're wondering, who is this God that we are serving? Or who is this God that we are talking about? This God is not built in a temple. This God is not built in a faraway place in the heavens where you cannot see or hear him. This God is a God that wants to be so near to us. This God is the God that wants to hear us, wants to be intimate with us. It is like a parent. I am a parent myself. I have three kids. Um, a lot of times, yes, I'm guilty. I, I, I Sometimes uh, you look at my phone and then my child will be like, Daddy, Daddy, can you play with me? I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You wait for a while, you wait for a while. But this God that we serve, there's no phone that will distract Him. There is nothing that is distracting Him if you say, God, I want to communicate with you. God, I want to spend time with you. This God that we serve, this God that we know is a God that is close. Everybody say, I serve a God that is close. And He does that by calling us to pray, inviting us to call upon His name. First, First Chronicles 16 verse 8 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. In Psalms 18 verse 6, it says, In my distress, I call upon the Lord. To my God, I cry for help. In His temple, I, He heard my voice, and my cry to Him reached His ears. In Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer to you. What a wonderful promise today. That we are able to call upon God and He can answer us. And not just that, the verse says that I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. He promises us that if we call upon Him, He will hear our prayer and today He is still hearing. But the problem is we are still human, right? I'm just wanting wanting to be super transparent over here. Prayer for us, for Christians, for me, is one of the most difficult disciplines to practice on a regular basis. And I have to stress, regular. A lot of times we pray. Uh, maybe when we eat a meal, we know that we 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 say grace, we say we thank you God for the food and all that. There are times where our children are sick. I pray together with my child. there are times where I'm sick, I pray as well. I say like God, please heal me, I need to get back to work. I need to be in the fellowship of the people of God. There are times in our lives where we know there is time for us to pray, and perhaps sometimes God put this trials or tribulations in our life to say, hey, you forgot to pray. But a lot of the times, to be regular in our, my prayer, I feel a lot of times. Amen? We pray over our meals. We pray when there is a comfort with emergency or, or health crisis. But to be having regular prayer, sometimes is hard. In fact, when I was thinking, why is it so hard for me to have a regular prayer? And I started to realise the moment when I wake up, right? It is, I'm already doing something. I snooze for two minutes and then... Uh, actually, I wake up at 7. Uh, and uh, the, the fact is that I wake up at 7 is already a luxury for primary school-going uh, kids, right? Right? Some of you wake up at 6 plus, 5 plus, I wake up at 7, I thank God already. But I wake up, the moment I wake up, I go and prepare breakfast, I go and make sure that they have their uniform, my wife will wake up, tie my uh, daughter's hair, and then uh, do this, do that. And then by the time we send them out, oh, thank God uh, they still can go school themselves. So, so I'm in a phase where I, I thank God for my blessing. But at 7.30, it's like, oh, after I finish reading, then after that, uh, I have to go to work. And then go to work, I, I work like a dog, and then I come back home, and I'm like, I'm so tired already. It's like, okay, now is the time to pray. No, no, I still have to eat. I still have to put the kids to sleep. And then after that, I lie down on my bed. I uh, just do TikTok. Lah. Anybody feel the same way? Life has a way of moving us away from being... Uh, uh, being a regular basis of praying with God. In fact, even if we squeeze in some time to pray, chances are a lot of the times our minds will start to wander around, right? Our minds will be thinking, oh, I need to uh, do this, I need to do that. There are times where I squeeze in 15 minutes of prayer. But still, I'm like, "I, I got a lot of other things to do. Finish time already or not? Am I am I ready to go to the next step or not? You know, sometimes I'm not just thinking, saying about Singaporeans, but really, I I feel like this regular basis not just impacts our country, but the whole world. And if we are not careful, this invitation that God is giving to us today to pray, could it be that we're just letting it go? In fact, when I talk, think about, when, uh, when I, I squeeze in these 15 minutes of prayer uh, that, that I want to pray to God, sometimes I ask questions like, what should I pray for? How long should I pray for? What do I need to be praying for? In fact, a lot of times I ask myself this question. And you don't have to say amen, but I know that sometimes you think about it as well. If God already knows what is going to happen, do my prayers even matter or not? Right, it's like, hey, I pray for what? God already knows what. The the whole universe is like, you know, the I don't know, the Infinity Stones. Whatever that is gonna happen, is going to happen. Uh, maybe, maybe, I I, I look, I, I see too much Marvel already. But logically, right? Sometimes uh we can talk ourselves out of prayer. We can be like, oh, actually, no need to pray. right God will do His will. One. And we will, we will be saying, oh, God is in control of everything. God has a plan for us. If God's will is going to happen, it is going to happen, no matter whether I pray or not. I'm going to debunk this myth today. That prayer is still important. And we're going to look at Hezekiah's life to see that in his life, there are things that happen because he prayed. Not because he said that, oh, God's will is going to happen. For sure. The greater will of God is going to happen. But the will of God in your life sometimes comes only by you praying for yourself and by you praying for others. Amen? Amen. But really, this thing about prayer is is really an invitation. Today, if I tell you, Brother Kel, I give you a a 4D number. No, no, no. I give you a, 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 a lottery ticket. 12 million $12 $12 million, uh, I say, hey, I give you this. Uh, and uh, I said, this is the winning ticket. Back in February, Chinese New Year, everybody queuing up, right? Uh, of course, you're not queuing up. I'm also not queuing up. I'm not saying you are queuing up. Uh. <laughs> but on my way to work, I'll walk past a shop. I tell you, I walk past a shop, uh, 8 o'clock, uh, there is already a long queue of people waiting there. I don't know why, but there was one time when I walked past a shop, this guy was so frustrated because at 8 o'clock the shutters was not open yet. He was so frustrated he actually opened the shutter himself. Then he walked in himself. He said 8 o'clock already. Why are you not open yet? Um, I don't know why I digress there. But I'm saying that if today I give you a 12 million uh, total ticket and I say it's a winning ticket back in February, this is an invitation for you to claim your winnings. But if you don't believe me, And if you say you just chuck it one side, where's the 12 million at? It's still with the government. It's still with uh, Singapore Pools. I'm saying invitation to prayer is like this God can invite us, but if there's no action at our part, we're not claiming our blessings. We are not claiming the will of God in our lives. We are not claiming the things that He has prepared for us in our lives. He could have prepared a mansion for us. He could have prepared all the blessings ready to pour out just like a bucket. You know, the, the pain is all in the bucket ready to be poured out. But if you never accept the invitation or you never do anything to accept the invitation, all the blessings are still in the bucket. You see, the 21st century tragedy of Christians is God wanting to communicate with us sending an invitation for us to pray, but we Christians don't take up the offer to communicate with Him. Today I want to talk about Hezekiah. You see, Hezekiah was king of Judah at that time, and he was one of the kings that actually had a heart that is bent towards God. Most kings during that time were evil, and they were all sinning against God, but Hezekiah was different. In fact, Second kings, kings chapter eighteen verse five to six talks about that Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from, from following him, but kept the commandments the Lord commanded Moses. You see Hezekiah had integrity he had faith he trusted in the Lord and he followed God wholeheartedly It doesn't mean that Hezekiah was perfect because if you if you read his life he made some mistakes in his life but there was something that actually made him to, to allow God to answer his prayer he trusted in the God he trusted in God in fact the Bible says that he held fast. The Lord. It means that every decision that he made in his life, he held fast to the Lord. He wanted God to give him direction. He wanted God to be in his life. In fact, in 2 Kings chapter 19, there's a long passage of scripture, but he talks about that when the king of Israel tried, uh, 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 is another king who wanted to attack Jerusalem. And in Second Kings chapter 19, it talks about that Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Everybody say spread it before the Lord. He wasn't spreading the letter. Well, maybe he spread the letter. But the scripture in this context talks about that he was lying prostrate. Before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. And in verse 16 it says, Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear the words of Shana Sharip which he have sent to mock the living God. Truly, O God, the King of Azir, have laid waste the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods but works of men, wood and stone. Therefore they were destroyed. For so now, O Lord our God, save us, please from his hands, that all the kingdom of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Your prayer to me about Sennacherib, king of As- Assyria, Assyria, I have heard. You see, this is the first prayer that he prayed. And he didn't pray just because of himself. But he prayed because the, the country or the, or the state of Jerusalem was actually being attacked by external parties. But the Bible says that he said, Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of my enemies. There is a prayer that Hezekiah prayed to God. And he said, God, this is what is happening in my country. Can you move? Can you hear my prayer? Can you listen to me? Can you come and fight for me? And the Bible says that God heard his prayer. God heard his prayer after he prayed. You see, God has a perfect will in this earth. But in this instance, there was nothing that changed unless Hezekiah prayed. There are times when in our lives, we're thinking, oh, maybe God will heal this cancer. Maybe God will will make Singapore be a, a country that honors the principles of God. But I'm telling you, in this example, nothing comes by prayer. It could be that maybe Singapore in the future is having some difficulties. I don't know. There are inflation going around. There are, there are people that are being retrenched. But the Bible says in this instance that God, could have un- could, God answered the prayers of Hezekiah. And that tells me that God can do the same for our city, can, for our country. In fact, that's how important prayer meeting is if you have been thinking, oh, is prayer meeting important or not? This example tells me that God moves because Hezekiah prayed. And that tells me that when in prayer meeting, if I pray for the country of Singapore, if I pray for the country of Malaysia, if I pray for the, for the world, for revival to come, if God listens to Hezekiah, God will listen to our prayer as well. You see, like what, I, what a lot of people always say, when we are, when we are single, we are praying as a child of God. But when we are together, we are praying as a bride of Christ. Tell me if my wife is unhappy versus if my children is unhappy. If my children is unhappy, no problem. I can settle. I can ask them to keep quiet. Shut up. But if my wife is unhappy, I say shut up. Ah, wow, I die already. Eh. <laughs> there is power when we are gathering together. There is power being the bride of Christ. Amen. The second prayer in chapter 20 talks about then the personal crisis that Hezekiah faced. In chapter 20 verse 1 to 5, it says that in those days Hezekiah became sick and it was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart, and I have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out in the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, turned back and said to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the word the Lord, the God of David your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. You see, Hezekiah was delivered a death penalty. He was actually only 39 years old during this time. And imagine that I'm just 37, uh, 36 this year, turning 37. Two more years, I'm being delivered a death penalty. I mean, sometimes you all have received this kind of news, uh, not for yourself, but for your loved ones as well. And Hezekiah actually received it. And he was a young man, 39 years old, just maybe half past half his life. And in this scripture, it says that Hezekiah prayed. And God responded to be to him. You see, if, if this statement of, if God already knows what is going to happen, do my prayers actually matter or not, does not align to the Word of God. In fact, the Word of God always says that if my people who humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will come down and I will answer their prayers. That is what God is trying to tell us in this time. Is that prayer matters most. In our lives. Don't for a second think that yes, the will of God will happen no matter what. In fact, the word of God says otherwise that nothing comes by prayer. And you know what is the best thing? Is that God is always ready to listen to us. We don't know what will happen if we don't pray. But I know when I pray, something is going to happen. Because if God can do it for Hezekiah, God can do it for me and God can do it for you. I'm here to say that prayer is the single most powerful weapon that we can use to get God to our side or sometimes even bring us to God's side. In fact, when Brother Kel talked about that, uh, when he was praying, nothing happens. But when he started to be thankful to God, do you know that thankfulness or gratitude is also a form of prayer? A lot of the times when I struggle to, to start my engine to pray, I thank God first. I say, God, you are God of the universe. You are the heavens and you, you belong to the heavens and the earth. I praise your name. And that ushers me into the presence of God. And from there, then I can proceed to pray for either myself or the world. Prayer is one of the most or the single most powerful weapon that we can use. In fact, but prayer is not a magical chant that we can do to get God's attention. But one thing I want to let you all know is that prayer does. Have uh, two pre- prerequisites. One is a healthy posture. Everybody say healthy posture. Healthy posture. Now, I'm not talking about the physical posture while well, I'm going to talk about it now. But the, but the Bible does, does talks about five ways that we can actually pray. Uh, there are times where we sit down, there are times where we stand, there are times where, like Hezekiah, like that, he lay himself prostrate towards the ground. Or there are times where we will kneel down as well. There are times that we will pray with our hands lifting up. There are many times that God talks about that there is a certain posture for us to pray, for us us to pray and then He will listen. To me, the posture is like a prayer within a prayer. Mark Bethesda says that physical posture is an important part of a prayer. And you might be thinking, what what do you mean by that? You see, words have power, right? But to uh, somebody, there is probably... Uh, uh, we call it blue, right? Uh, maybe you, you are very uh, emotional. Not very emotional, but emotional in the general sense. You feel. You're able to feel. Like my wife actually is uh, somebody that is, uh, likes to feel. Yeah? So words are important to her, but more importantly, sometimes tone is also very important to her. Right? So the words that you choose to say and the tone that you deliver your words are as equally important. What I'm trying to say is that prayers are words, which is very important. But the posture for us to pray is like the tone that we deliver our words. There are times that we need to kneel down. Why? Because the posture is important. There are times where I need to kneel down because I need to humble myself before the Lord. There are times where I need to lift up my hands because I say that my help comes from the Lord. There are times where I need to position myself so that... I'm able to adjust my tone of my prayer and then that's where God will listen to me. You see, 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14 says, Hezekiah went up to the house and spread it before the Lord. And in 20, verse 20, he says, Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. In both times, Hezekiah's posture was one of humility and brokenness. There are times where we need to adjust our posture so that God can listen to our our prayer. It is like the tone of our prayer. And this is the secret for God to open His ears and hear our prayers. You see, God will listen to our prayer. Yes, He will. But for God to move, I'm here to tell you that the secret is a posture of humility and brokenness. Because God is attracted like a manic to those that are broken and humble. It is like a law. You sow, you will reap. God will answer when you are broken. That's why he says in Psalm chapter 34, he says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And in verse, uh, it talks about that the, the broken and the contrite spirit, God will not despise. A lot of times, maybe sometimes God doesn't hear our prayer because we go to Him thinking that, oh, God will just hear my prayer. But how desperate are you? How broken are you for God to hear your prayers? (coughs) God knows, sorry, Hezekiah knows that all healthy prayers begins when we know our posture, when we know our place. It starts by understanding this simple fact that we are not God and we don't know all the answers and we want God to step in and give us direction. To pray like this, to pray even kneeling down in front of so many people, it takes humility. And sometimes you'll be like, you'll be like thinking, oh, I don't want to attract my, my attention to, to the, the attention to myself. That's why maybe you don't pray kneeling down in a crowd. But I'm telling you, the audience is one. The invitation comes from one person. And sometimes we just need to push beyond what we think other people think and just entertain the presence of one. I want to talk about some reasons why God is not perhaps responding to our prayers. The first thing is unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. unbelief. Psalm chapter 10, verse 4 talks about <clears throat> in. The pride of his face; the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, "There is no God." Unbelief can keep God from hearing our prayers and responding our pray- to our prayers. Remember, there was one example of how God or Jesus came to the ho- his hometown, and then the people didn't believe that Jesus was God manifested in flesh. They were just saying that he is a carpenter's son. He lived among us. How can He be God manifested in flesh? And the Scripture says that He could not perform any miracles or maybe very little. You see, faith is very important for us when we start to pray. James chapter 1, verse 6-8 says, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So this is like us. Sometimes that we are unstable in all his ways. We pray, but we pray in a sense where we say, Oh God, maybe you will answer my prayer. Maybe you won't. It's like, oh okay. There is no intensity in our prayer. There is no belief in our prayer. It's like, oh I don't know whether God, you are going to answer my prayer or not. But contrast this with the woman with the issue of blood. Remember the story of how the woman touched God and God healed him? It wasn't because she touched God and God healed him. you may be like thinking, "Hey, what are you talking about? You see, at that point of time, so many people were touching Jesus. It was like a huge crowd of people that was touching Jesus, was pushing him, moving him forward. Everybody was touching Jesus. If the touch was the one that healed the woman, everybody would get healed already, but there was one thing that separated the man, uh, sorry, the woman from the rest of the people that were crowding around. It is this thing called faith. It is this thing called belief. Belief is the prerequisite for God to listen to us, to hear us, to even answer our prayers. The centurion also didn't need Jesus to go all the way to the house to heal his servant. He says, say one word, I know, I believe that you are going to heal my servant. A lot of the times when we pray, we pray with a a, a position or a posture of unbelief. But I remember there was one time when I went to Saba. There was a reverend that was uh, very gifted in healing. Um, And he told us this thing. That the moment when you pray, right? I don't want you to pray with any sort of unbelief. I want you to pray picturing your mind that that is going to happen. And he said, whether is it you are the one that is receiving it or whether you are the one that is praying, you need to see it in the Spirit. You need to imagine it to happen. You need to say it like as if you believe it. And he prayed. And he, there was a healing crusade during that time. And there was a worship leader I remember that she was actually deaf in one of the years. And then we started to pray. And she, 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 in the end, she started to, she said she heard a pop sound. And then she heard... From both years, and then that's where the whole crowd started to say, God, you are able. You see, one single belief can lead to a domino effect. I'm telling you that sometimes when we when we pray, me included, I pray thinking that if God answers my prayer, okay, very good. But if God doesn't, I have a plan B. This lady that was at Saba, there was no plan B. There was actually, she either get healed or she don't. The plan B was to live like this forever. Sometimes we got to get desperate enough. Sometimes we need to be like the woman with the issue of blood. And we say, God, if you don't heal me, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to push through the crowd because I believe if I touch you, God, you're going to heal me. And can we do that? Sometimes when we pray, and, and, and from this moment on, every time when we pray, I want us to pray with a belief. I want us to see in the spirit that God is able to answer all the prayers that we're praying as long as we believe. Amen? Amen. Another reason why God doesn't respond to our prayer is this thing called selfishness. Everybody says selfishness. Sometimes when we pray, what we are asking for is not God's glory or His will to be done. Instead, we are asking God for the wrong reasons with the wrong motive. James chapter 4, verse 3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly and spend it on your own passions. You see, sometimes prayers from God are not answered because self is at the centre of our prayer. We are not praying like this. God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We are praying, God, my kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this, give me that. You see, sometimes God still responds to selfish prayer. I'm not saying that God don't respond to selfish prayer. There are times when we pray like, for example, I I saw uh, Jabez's prayer in the Bible. It talks about that God enlarge my territory. Sometimes we think, oh, enlarge my territory? Is it a selfish prayer or not? But I'm saying that we need to transit from a selfish prayer every time to a selfless prayer. And God is going to answer selfless prayer because it's not about ourselves. Some of the examples of selfish prayer can be uh, you left your house uh, 30 minutes later, then you text your colleague, hey, can you pray for me or know, that I'll be on time for work so that my boss don't scold me? Or maybe you don't study for your exams. Huh? And then you say, God, can you answer my prayer? I just do like photographic memory. Huh? And then, God, help me to give me the, the, the mind and the wisdom. Uh, we always say, Oh, wow, give me the wisdom and the mind. Actually, you never study at all. Where you got wisdom when you never study? There's nothing inside called song. I remember there was one time a huh? selfish prayer Argentina versus France, World Cup. I pray, Messi score the penalty. Actually, he scored. I don't know whether it's because God answered the prayer or not. But there are a lot of times in our lives where we pray selfish prayer. But like what I say, God wants us to not be preoccupied with our selfish lives. But God wants us to transit from a selfish mindset to become a selfless mindset. God wants us to see Him as one who exists to provide, not just for ourselves, not just for me, for everyone else that we want to pray for. You see, there was one example in the Bible that Peter was actually in prison for praying, uh, for preaching the gospel. But then the church prayed. The church held a prayer meeting to save Peter or to ask God to intervene. And we know how the story ends. You see, when our prayers start to go beyond ourselves and we start to pray prayers that are kingdom-minded, there is where God will start to answer our prayers. There was a lot of times where, when I was growing up, uh, I didn't know like what really is kingdom-minded prayers. I just prayed that God's will to be done in my life. Uh, I remember there was a lot of times, or one specific time where, you know, me and my wife, we were just uh, dating. Huh? Um, we had a lot of things going on in our lives. In fact, there was one time where we were Doing, uh, I, I think we were just talking about it that uh, we were planning kids camp, we were planning our house renovation, and we were planning our wedding at the same time. And some people over here is like thinking, how is it even possible that you plan house renovation, and kids camp, and also uh, wedding at the same time? It's crazy. But there was one time where I remember, I was in, we were in the middle of planning for kids camp. It was uh, in April where we got sales of balance flat. We got news that we are going to get our flat. And uh, we were still planning for kids' camp. But we were thinking, Whoa. suddenly, uh, we, we I was just fresh out of uni. I think started school, uh, started work about, about six months to eight months, like that. And then, of course, she was uh, working, I think still uh, just working only. And previously, she was working in church. Uh, so we all both know money, no money. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that time, uh, the deposit or... Was 30,000 for our house in Gimmo. And then we were thinking, 30,000, where got 30,000? $30 can or not? And I remember then we went to research. Oh, I actually, got one grant that God is going uh, to. Not, not God. Lah. Okay, God will give us. But the government will give us. And then we calculate our, our income, or oh, maybe about 15000 like that. And then we said, we uh, remember we say, we pray and we say, God, uh, thank you for blessing us. Uh, and we pray in advance. We say, God, we do this. And then we forgot all about it. You know, we went to plan for kids' camp and, and we, we forgot everything about this HLE grant. And then there was one letter that suddenly came. Oh, I backtrack a bit. uh. I remember when I went to this uh, HDB. Oh, this lady, uh, so friendly, you know. It's like, oh, oh, your income is like this. Oh, okay, okay, don't worry. uh, I'll help you. I was uh, thinking, help me for what? The government, uh, already very straightforward. What income you will get? What amount? uh? Okay, but never mind. I never ask much. I remember uh, when I was leaving, uh, she said, God bless you. I was like, oh, okay, okay. God bless you too. I did. I did turn around and see whether she was still around. You know, sometimes you're like thinking, is he an angel or not? Right. <laughs> she was still around. But I don't know whether she's still around today or not. If she's still around, bless her. But I remember when I received the letter, she was the one that, of course, evaluated our, our grant. And instead of 15,000, we got 30,000. And that is the exact same amount that we actually needed to have no deposit at all. You see, all glory to God. Sometimes when we do the will of God, sometimes when we start to forget about ourselves and start to pray kingdom prayers, sometimes when we start to forget about ourselves and do God's work, and we say, God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, I think that's where He will start to take care of us. You see, there was one time also, <laughs> this house uh, is a miracle house. Because in five years, uh, we we after five years we should always sell. We actually didn't want to sell, but we were pregnant with the third one, so no space, really no space really. We needed to move. It was just a three room flat. There was one time where we put the the house on sale, and then the after the first viewing, right, we really got an offer, and and during that time the the offer was one of uh, it, actually it was record breaking in Kimmo, so we, we had a, a good uh, profit, but in the end. To the house, la, to the next house, la. I'm still not very rich. Huh? So you don't think like, hey, I earned a lot from the house. Um, but I was saying like, when I look back at the house, right, that house, when I was there, and Sharon can testify as well, a lot of things didn't break, didn't break down at all. It's like the house was protected. But this house at uh, Amokil, uh, everything all breaking down. <laughs> Maybe I never pray enough. Uh. But I give more. The house was perfect. What wow, bucket flooring all? Of, uh, you know when you have kids, uh, chances, are your your bucket flooring all like dented and all that. But it was good. The, the 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 seller or the buyer was ready to give high price to buy the house. I'm just saying, like you know, sometimes we worry so much about ourselves, could it be that God just wants us to take care of His business and when we take care of His business, He will take care of us. Just like Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added unto us. So don't be afraid to pray big prayers because you really have a big God. Don't think that, you know, you just need to pray, oh God, give me 15,000. Just pray for 100,000, I don't know. Because when you do God's work, huh? when you do God's work, <laughs> don't twist my word, huh? I just pray for 100,000 every time. When you do God's work, God will take care of you. In fact, he said that when we just need faith as small as a mustard seed. That's easy, right? As f- faith as small as a mustard seed. I think I can do that. huh? So, um, what was I saying? Um, so point number two talks about that we need to be selfless instead of selfish. Point number three talks about disobedience as well. When God, uh, God sometimes doesn't hear our prayers or God doesn't hear our prayers when we are disobedient. Isaiah chapter 59 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, or his thou... Or his ear down that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. This is so important. In the last verse, it talks about that your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Sin can cause God to not hear our prayers. I'm not here to skirt around. This is in the Word of God. That sin and choosing to live willfully, habitually in sin will allow, will will cause God to not hear our prayers. It's just like a drop call. You know what's a drop call? You know, recently I changed my provider. I don't want to tell you what provider. But the provider is super lousy. It's like I cannot even make the call out. So, the cheapest doesn't mean the best. Huh? So I cannot take it. I change out of the provider already. I paid uh, $5 more <laughs> just to change to another provider. But this provider, every time when I call, every time drop call. And, and you know how frustrating is a drop call? It's like you talk halfway, then uh, suddenly the person cannot hear you anymore. It's, it's just like you're in a tunnel. So the, this thing about drop call is just like sin like that. Every time when we want to communicate to God, there is this drop call. God didn't hear our prayers. God cannot hear anything. There is no connection. (inaudible) Psalms 66 verse 18 says, If I have cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. And in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 9, If one turns away his ear from hearing the Lord, even his prayer is an abomination. So that means that while we have an invitation for God to pray, there is a certain parameters that God has established. And one of the parameters is that we cannot live in sin. To live in sin and to say that God still hears my prayer is a warped and obscured view of who God is. Because God is not like a genie. Like whenever you rub, 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 then He comes out and then He says, Oh, let me grant you your wish. What do you want? Big house? God is not like that. In fact... God is the God of the universe. There is certain rules and there is certain things that He demands of us before He wants to hear us. It's just like a parent, right? And if I think about it, if you think like it's unreasonable, which, which parent will reward bad behavior? Which parent, if your, your kid is throwing a tantrum, will say, oh, Maybe some of you do, uh. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I do as well, okay? So that's why I'm not God. Uh. But when they are throwing tantrum, chances are we don't want to give them ice cream, right? Because if we give them ice cream, the next time when they throw tantrum, they know that you're going to give them ice cream. We don't reward bad behaviour. Same as God, if we are sinning and God still grants our prayer, a lot of the times we will just fall deeper and deeper into sin. Then you ask me, what, what do I do? James chapter 5, verse 16 clearly says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Remember the posture of prayer is humility. Uh, humility, not humility. Humility. When we confess our sins to one another, we actually position our posture to one of humility and therefore allow God to hear us again. That's why it's so important for us to confess. I'm not saying, hey, Today I'm living in sin. everybody listen to me. I'm living in sin. You choose some of the trust ones that you have, your friends, your accountability partners, and confess your sin. And trust me, when you confess your sin, it's not because uh, when you confess your sin, you you suddenly become like holy or God hears your prayer. You remember? I I remember there was a crocodile is in my car. It's still inside. I think I think still inside. <laughs> The thing about car is that the just like to be in the car. I also don't know why. But there was one time where the cockroach was in the car. Then suddenly appeared. My wife asked me to go and help her. And she's barking at the roadside. Asked me to come down and then try and kill the cockroach. Because the cockroach right, was killed already, right? Then suddenly came alive. I don't know who resurrected her. Uh. <laughs> but he came alive. And then she was so panicky. But there was one cockroach that is in my car recently. And we wanted to catch it. But you know what cockroaches do, right? They run to the dark. They will hide. You see, when we are in sin, chances are we will hide. And when we hide, how does God hear our prayers? That's why James 5, verse 16 talks about to confess your sins. Confess your sins is not to to tell the world what you have done. Confess your sins is like the cockroach. You let your dirty things all come out so that people can help you. And when things are out, That's where the Bible says that we walk in the light. That that, that Satan cannot use that against you anymore. So really, God wants us to not be in sin. And we need to confess our sins to one another so that God can hear our prayers as well. When I was researching on this, sometimes I I feel like, you know, uh, I'm telling God, God, what if I have no sin? And then God further expound on this thing called sin. You see, sometimes sin is not just doing something that is outright sin. It can also be rejecting the Word of God and only accepting things that resonate with you. It could be that, for example, you accept that God is love. But you don't accept that salvation is the only way that people can be saved. You accept that God is love, right? Then if God is love in your own way, you think that God is going to save every single one in this universe because God is love. You see, sin can be accepting some parts of the Bible and then also not accepting some parts of the Bible. When we say that we believe in the Word of God, we believe in the Word of God wholesale, there is no 70%, 80%, 90%, not even 99%. In fact, I went to Google, um, what's the difference between disobedience and obedience? And then ChatGPT GPT replied, he says, the difference between obedience and disobedience seems obvious. Chet GPD tried to tell me uh, that I'm stupid. <laughs> obedience is following orders, and disobedience is not following orders. Duh, I also know. So if Chet GPD knows the difference between obedience and disobedience, sin and no sin, how much more? There is no grey area. Sometimes we think that there is a grey area between obedience and disobedience. In between is grey area. Maybe disobedience, maybe obedience. But have you really searched the Word of God? There's actually no grey area. Same as the Word of God. If we, want to hear, if we want God to hear our prayers, we must believe and obey His Word wholesale, not bits and parts of it. I don't want a drop call. I want uninterrupted connection with God. You see, there was one time where I was in the uh, army, right? And when I went to Taiwan. Uh, I remember there was, um, I mean, signals. And we had to climb up all the way to a mountain, right? I was like thinking, why why we they want us to climb all the way up to the mountain? Then they asked us to take out the the mempack set. The set is actually not the uh, vehicular set. So you, your range is actually not very high. But at the top of the mountain, they asked us to change to this frequency and then comes and check whether this frequency can be connected with anybody else or not. And then we said, uh, we we did what was instructed. And then in the end, uh, there was comms. And then the instructor said, oh, actually this comms is not in Taiwan. It's actually in Singapore. So Singapore can actually transmit all the way to Taiwan just because I'm on a mountain. And I'm thinking if the same principle applies when we are at the top of the mountain, when we always obey the Word of God, we're not in the valley it doesn't matter whether we are we on a mempack set, some lousy antenna or whatever or not, the antenna of God is strong because we are on the mountain. The Bible says that when we are when we, when we are in the valley, sometimes God doesn't hear. But my goal is to always be on the mountain. My goal is always to obey every word there is in the Bible so that God can hear my prayer. It doesn't matter whether the distance is Singapore to Taiwan or even America to Taiwan. The connection with God is always going to be strong as long as I'm on a mountain. Think about Daniel. I'm thinking about Daniel. When Daniel found himself in a difficult situation, he humbled himself and prayed. But when he didn't get an immediate answer, he didn't stop. It's just like a drop call like that. If we drop call right, and the call is very important, what do we do? Call back. We call back. And sometimes because of a drop call, we say, oh, God is not going to listen to me. It's okay. Don't worry. Then I'll just go to my plan B. But Daniel didn't do it that way. Daniel, in fact... When he didn't get an answer from God, he fasted, he prayed. He said, God, I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast until I hear back from you. And sometimes our attitude is that, oh, drop call, never mind, just go for plan B. But could it be that there is a drop call because God wants us to call back and call back and call back. If it's an important call, you know what? After one hour, I try again. Maybe network down. After two hours, I try again. If if it is very important, if my children's life is at stake, I'm going to try again and again. But sometimes when we treat the Word of God, we're like thinking, if God doesn't listen to me, then the drop call, drop call. But could it be the reason for the drop call is that God wants us to go deeper. God wants us to see. God wants to see how desperate are we to be in that relationship with Him? How desperate are we to hear His Word? How desperate are we to hear His voice? So it wasn't easy for Daniel, but he kept on calling God. So don't let your past determine your future. Don't let what sin there is in the past determine your future. All you need to do is to pick up your phone and try calling again. That's all you need to do. Yes, there's job calls along the way. But all you need to do is to say, God, I'm here. I want to establish a connection again. Try again. Okay, doesn't work. Never mind. One hour later, I try again. God, doesn't work again. Never mind. Change telco. That's like fasting like that, Okay, Ken, got connection already. God wants us to say that prayer is available for us today. Don't stop praying praying because he, He's saying His Word. His mercies are new every morning. Morning. He's renewed every morning. The drop call or the connection, yes, it's not there, but it's not forever. Don't think that it's forever and you say, oh, I'm just going to give up on God. Amen? Last point that I want to talk about today is fractured relationships. There are times where we have fractured relationships and God doesn't listen to our prayers. Matthew chapter 5 talks about if so, if you are offering your gift at the altar and and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and come and offer your gift. Mark chapter Eleven talks about and when and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And First Peter chapter three verse seven talks about likewise husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. As the weaker vessels, since they, are, since they are your heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Oh, oh me. Is that we need to show honour to our wives so that our prayers may not be hindered. This scripture tells us that we are not able to get our faith to work if we are not walking in love or forgiveness. Right. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says that if you do this, do this, but you have not love, you are nothing. You are just like symbols, clashing symbols. We can make all the confessions that we, we want, but it will not work unless we forgive. You can get up every morning and then you can speak all your confessions, but the Bible says that unless you are walking in love, faith does not work for you. Why? Galatians chapter five or six talks about for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision or non uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith, which is prayer, right? Faith comes true prayer expressing itself through love. You see, because faith won't work without love, and love forgives. That's why every time when we pray and we have unforgiveness, our prayer is not going to work because the essence of prayer or the essence of faith is really love. And love cannot exist without forgiveness. I remember there was one time where I had unforgiveness towards a brother. And don't talk, talk to me about prayer at that time. I cannot even pray. I cannot even lift up my hands. I'm like thinking, this brother, who allow it? He don't know what he has done to me. And then he's still praying over there. And there was one time where I talked to Pastor on this. I said, Pastor, I, I think I'm struggling. I cannot pray at all. Then he, he said, uh, I think you need to forgive him. I was like, okay, uh, how? Then he said, you ask him for forgiveness. And I got, Pastor, is something wrong? Huh? Okay, I explained to you from the start over again. Huh? He offended me and he's supposed to ask for forgiveness for me. And he and he said, this is the right thing for you to do. And I remember there was one time where I walked home. Eh, I couldn't actually even face him. I, I, I just text him. I say, hey, hey bro, I, I, I know we're not talking. I don't know what happened in between us. But I just want to say if I've offended you, I'm sorry. And in that moment, eh, he never replied yet. But I'm telling you, this whole thing just lifted from my shoulders and I started to be able to experience the presence of God again. Why? It's not because of Him. It's because of me. I'm the cause. And every time when there's unforgiveness, I cannot pray with love. And I cannot have the, activate that, that faith with love. And I remember during that time when I, I did that, instantly I felt the presence of God. We didn't go back to become best friends again or we didn't go back to become the level of friendship that we had before. But all I know is that I'm still standing here, I'm still able to praise God because of the decision that I made. The unforgiveness was trapping me but because I chose to, to ask for forgiveness or to forgive that person, that's why God could work in my life again. So really, faith would not work without love and love forgives. So today, if your prayer is, you're feeling that your, your prayer is stuck, could it be that God wants you to forgive somebody that is in your life? Or could it be that God wants you to ask for forgiveness? And could it, you know, sometimes it just goes beyond the natural being, right? It's like, why do I need to ask forgiveness for somebody that wrongs me? But the Bible says that God's ways is not our ways. If we choose to, believe in His Word and we, we choose to apply His Word in our lives. Chances are, we will see the miracle that He wants and He has prepared for us in, in this life. Amen? So really, when I talk about all these four prayers, sometimes there's so much that, uh, you know, I've been talking about. But let God search our heart. You know, the, the great thing about this this New Testament phase that we're living in is that we're living in a phase where we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can search our heart. And the Holy Spirit can even direct our prayers. In fact, I think it's in the, let me see. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, verse 27 says, Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we to pray as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what's the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. If today you tell me, hey, very well, we talk about all these four pointers. But all these four pointers maybe all work for me. Maybe there are some things in my life that I needed to do. And I needed to do some soul searching. But I don't know where to start. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can pray for you. The Holy Spirit can intercede for you. If only if you allow Him to. And if only you say, God, search my heart. That's how David did. David said, search my heart and see if I have any hidden sins, any iniquity. And there are times where we need to go to God and say, God, search my heart. Is it unforgiveness? Is it because always I'm praying selfish prayer? Is it because of uh, things in my life that I needed to remove it? there the sin in my life that I needed to confess to my friends or, or my, my accountability partner? All I know is that there is an invitation today that, wants, that God wants to hear our prayers. And like what I say, it's the 21st deepest tragedy. If we miss this opportunity and if we miss this invitation to pray and to commune with Him, even so when He has even given out the Holy Spirit for us to pray. Amen? Why don't we stand? I'm done. I'm reminded of a story in the Bible that talks about that Hannah went to the temple and I went to the temple because she wanted to have a child. And uh, a lot of people were prosecuting her because she didn't have a child. I mean, some of you know the story. And she was at the temple and she started praying. And she was so drunk in the spirit. And then people started, or the priests, started to say, hey, you're drunk, go back home. Why are you here? And she said, oh, I'm just praying because I'm very sorrowful. I, 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 you know, the, the reason why Eli the priest... Think that she is drunk is because she wasn't even praying the way that people were praying during that time. And you might be thinking there is a certain way that you need to pray. There is a certain posture that you need to pray in order for God to hear. But sometimes, like Hannah, like that, there are just no words to come out from our mouth. There's just no words that could describe our prayer. It could be just groanings. They could be just saying that God, there's just simply no words. I don't know, sometimes when we talk about prayer, there's just so many ways that we can pray to God. There's just so many ways that we can can talk to God about. But the only same thing that is unique, or not unique, universal, the same is that every time when we say, God, when we humble ourselves, when we have that this spirit of humility, and we say, God, I really want to commune with you. I really want to communicate with you. And I we, when we adopt this position of humility, whether is it because we want God to forgive our sins, or whether is it God, we want to pray big prayers, not selfish prayers anymore, or it could be anything, as long as our posture is a posture of humility, I'm telling you, God is going to hear our prayers. Just like Hannah like that. Hannah didn't know what the words to pray. And sometimes in your own prayer life, you don't know what words to pray. But all I know is that if I'm in a a position of humility and I want to approach God, God is going to hear my prayer. Just like how when my child comes to me and and, and my child says, "Papa, can you help me with this question? I don't know how this question is going to work. I'm I'm going to put down everything and I'm going to listen and I'm going to help him or her. Same way. There is an invitation this morning that God wants us to go back to a place of of prayer. He still speaks to us today but He also wants to hear us because it's a two-way street. How great it is every time when I come back home to have that relationship with my children, with my wife. To talk to them. To have that two-way communication. And this is the same Spirit that is here today. I'm telling you, God wants to hear your prayers. If you have been too long not praying to God, not communicating not to Him, and you don't know where to start, the Spirit is here to help us. The Spirit is here to intercede for us. Can we do that right now? In your own way, don't turn to your left or to the right. That's it. Why don't you just lift your voice right now and let the Spirit intercede for you? Yes, yes, Father. Yes, Father. Oh Lord, it's been too long, Oga oh God, Lord, since we prayed, oh God. It's been too long, oh God, Lord, since we really, oh God, commute with you, oh God. It's been too long, oh God, since we. Align oh God Lord our wills to you oh God Lord we've been praying for our needs in life oh God we've been praying oh God Lord for things oh God Lord in our lives oh God but we forget oh God Lord that really oh God Lord the core of prayer oh God Lord is you oh God it is you oh god Lord it is you that we are praying to oh God not the prayers oh God Lord that you want that we want you to answer oh God Lord, I'm coming back, O God, Lord, to a place of worship, O God. I'm coming back, O God, Lord, to the basics, O God, Lord, of prayer, O God, where I just want to commute, o God, with you, O God. I just want to communicate with you, O God. I just want to talk to you, O God, like a father, O God. I want to talk to you, O God, Lord, about my day, O God. I want to talk to you, O God, about how, O God, your hand is upon me, O God, every single day, O God. I want to talk to you, O God, about how I'm so grateful, O God, Lord, that I know you, O God, as a Father, as a God. Come on. Let the level of gratitude rise in this place. God, we are so grateful, O God. Lord, we are so grateful that we know, O God, Lord, the salvation plan, O God. We are so grateful that you chose me, O God. We are so grateful, O God, Lord, that we are here this morning, O God, to listen to your word, O God. We are so grateful, O God, Lord that I know, O God, Lord, the heavens and the earth, O God. The one, O God, who was, who is, and who is to come, O God. The great I am, O God. The one, O God, Lord, that comes down, O God, and died for me on the cross, O God. Lord, you can choose, O God, to be in heaven, O God. You can choose, O God, Lord, to raise up a new universe again, O God. But you chose, O God, to come down and die for me on the cross, O God. And Lord, I'm coming back to you, O God. I'm coming back to you in the place of worship, O God, Lord saying that you are my God, O God. Lord, I want to spend time with you again, O God. I want to go back to my prayer closet, O God. I want to squeeze in, O God, Lord, time, O God, Lord, to talk to you, O God. Lord, I pray, O God, Lord, let not the cares of this life, O God, Lord, choke me, O God. But I pray in the name of Jesus, O God, Lord. Lord, you don't care, O God, Lord. How long or how short, O God But Lord, you don't care, O God Lord, Where am I at, O God When I pray to you, O God All you see, O God Is a posture of humility, O God All you see, O God Is a heart of desiring To to be with you, O God To spend time with you, O God And Lord, I pray right now, O God Bring me back, O God, Lord To that place, O God Bring me back to that place, O God, Lord then I can say, O God, Lord, I want to spend time with you, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Let the Spirit in the seat, O God, Lord, for all the things that I've done wrong, O God. Let the Spirit, O God, in the seed O God, Lord, for the path that I'm going to walk, O God. Let the Spirit in the seed O God, Lord, for the passion, O God, Lord, that I have for you, O God. Lord, rise up, O God Let passion rise up again, O God Let me go back, O God, Lord, To the place, O God, Lord, Where I lay down, O God, Lord. My life, O God, to you, O God Where I lay down and I build my altar, O God The things that I put down, O God, Lord Lord, I'm revisiting my altar again, O God I'm revisiting, O God the time, O God Lord That you worked in my life, O God And I said that you are my God, O God I'm revisiting the time, O God Lord That your mercies are new every morning, O God Oh, where's my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, O God That's it, come on Some of you are coming back to that place of commuting commuting with God some of you are going back to that place of saying God forgive me oh Lord that I have been so busy with life oh God, forgive me oh God Lord that that, that, I allow those voices that tells me that I'm not worthy to pray I buy that voice right now in the name of Jesus, I lose oh God Lord Come on, that's it I feel the Spirit of God right now in this place I buy O oh God And He taught, that says that Lord, you don't want to listen to us That you are far away That's it, that's it, come on People of God, start to intercede for your soul right now In the name of Jesus I'm telling you, God is here And God wants to listen to you God wants to hear your prayer I buy Ikandarama and he taught and tells us otherwise in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord. Oh, Lord. Come on, there is a desire. (laughs) There is a desire from you that you want to have more of God. Come on, don't quench it in the name of Jesus. This posture that you have adopted is perfect. Come on. I'm telling you right now, this posture, this humility posture is what God is looking for. It is what God wants. It is what God is missing. There is an open heaven today right now. There is an open heaven There is telling... That is telling God to come down and, and, and commune with you again. Come on. Let's not miss this opportunity for God to work something in our lives again. Let's not miss this opportunity for God to rekindle that passion that, that He wants to put in our lives again. Ikanda Rama in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, God. Come on. There is a spirit of prayer right now in this place. There is a spirit of ministering in this place. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Work in our lives, O oh God, again, O oh God. Work in our lives again, O oh God. Lord, a sweet presence, O oh God, that we missed, O oh God. Ira basal dio roko do robasal dia raba Yes, 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 yes. Let the Spirit intercede right now. Just focus your mind on God and let the Spirit intercede. Oh, yes, God. Lord, I focus my mind on you, O oh God. This is your moment between me and you, O oh God. Come on, we have time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He can the Rama Santia Ramaha. Cora can the Rama Santia Rama Shantia Rama. He could the Roma Santia Rama Shantia Ramaha. He knows I remember last week when I was sick. I had a, I had an experience with God, a real experience with God. I remember I woke up at 4:36 p.m. Uh, a.m. I was really very sick. I was in the bed from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, couldn't move. I was just taking on pills and then sleeping. And I remember my wife was taking care of the kids. She did a great job. I didn't even do anything. I remember at 4.36 a.m. It was like God woke me up and I was having this split headache. I literally was praying for my life during that time. I, I told Sharon this after that, that. I was feeling in so much pain that I thought that I was going to get a stroke. And that was how terrible I was facing during that time. And there was a voice that came to me and said, why don't you pray? And I wanted to pray but the thing is there was another voice that came into my mind and said you are sick you haven't been praying for so long what gives you the right for you to pray and at 4.36 I'm telling you there was visions that was coming into my mind I was I was having visions of mission trips in Philippines and all that and I didn't know what the vision was and God wanted me to pray in the moment of my sickness for missions talk about a joke and you were like you were even dying already and God wants you to pray for missions. But there was that voice that stopped me from praying. That voice said that, I don't. are you sure you are qualified to pray or not? I'm telling you, that voice is not unique to me. That voice could be in your prayer life. And your downwards of your downwards, and the voice comes in and say that, are you sure God will listen to your prayer or not? God taught me a lesson at 436. He came and, and told me such clearly doesn't matter whether you were praying before or not. I'm calling you that this time, 436, for you to pray for nations and you jolly well pray for nations. I'm telling you, there are times where we think that our past determines our future. But I'm telling you, today is a brand new day. The mercies of God is new every morning. Don't for a second think that God is not going to listen to your prayer. He is... And I'm going to bind that voice right now. Can you pray together with me? Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on. If that voice comes to you, Come on. I'm telling you, the voice of God is stronger than that voice that is telling you that you're not worth it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Today is a brand new beginning, God. Today, Ugala is a day that God, you're calling your people to prayer again. Today is the day yoga, Lord, that you're calling your people to have a brand new start with you. That's it. I buy yoga, Lord, the voice of the devil that tells us that we are not worthy. I buy the voice of the devil that tells us that we cannot pray. I buy the voice of the devil that tells us that we are not worthy to pray any small or big prayer in the name of Jesus. My prayer life belongs to the lord my prayer life belongs to god and i'm here to pay pray big prayers i'm here to pray oh god prayers oh god that matters to this world oh god come on that's it Let faith rise in this place come on let faith rise in this place in the name of jesus yes yes in the name of jesus let nothing hinder, O Lord, our prayer right now, O God. Because you have seen your word, O God, Lord, that if we ask of anything according to your will, you will hear us, O God. That if we hear, O God, that if you hear us, O God, Lord, that we can request of you, O God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give God praise. Turn to someone and say, your prayer matters. Turn to another person and say, my prayer matters. Amen. It's a brand new beginning. I pray that tomorrow onwards, we will have a fresh new prayer life. Amen. Amen. Praise praise God. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.